This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. I want to talk to you about overcoming worry. Look what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. What does that mean, Pastor Benny? It means don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, it's going to keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Look what verse 8 says. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Let us pray. Jesus, I pray today that you would meet the needs of your people. You're such a good, good God. And I praise you for all you're doing. So have your will and have your way. And for all you do, we're going to give you glory, honor, and praise. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about overcoming worry. A man asked a pastor on one occasion. He said, Pastor, do you worry? And the pastor said, no. I don't worry because worry is sin. Well, the pastor was correct. Because the Bible says in Romans 14 and 23, that that's not of faith is of sin. The pastor said, I don't worry because worry is sin. And if I'm going to sin, I want to have more fun than that. <laughs> well, I'm inclined to agree, amen? But worry is an issue. And it's always been an issue. If you remember when Jesus was put in the tomb, Mary and the other Mary, they're on their way to the tomb. And if you'll remember as they're going to the tomb in Mark chapter 16, they're worrying about how are we going to roll the stone away? How are we going to move that big boulder? So worry has always been an issue with people. When I, when I knew I was going to be preaching this message, I started doing some research. And I started thinking about the time and the things that we worry about. I found out this. 40% of the time, folks, we worry about things that never happen. Documented. 40% of the time, we worry about things that never, ever happen. Look here, 30% of the time, we worry about the past, which there's nothing we can do to change it. I, I, I learned a long time ago, you can reach for the stars or you can reflect on the scars. I choose to reach for the stars instead of reflecting on the scars. See, we worry about things that never happen 40% of the time. 30% of the time, we worry about the past that we can't change. Look, listen to this. 12% of the time, we worry about what other people think about us. 
<laughs> you know, when you're 20, uh, uh, when you're 20, you don't care what they think. And when you get 40, you do care what they think. And then you get 60 and you realize they hadn't been thinking about you anyway. <laughs> so we've got 82% of the time, but wait, 10% of the time we worry about our health. Which worrying about it, I'm not a medical doctor, but I do know this, worrying about it only makes it worse. So 92% of the time, just, it's not even legitimate. Well, what are these massive issues? What are Americans' worries? Number one, we worry about appearance. We worry about our fashion. Oh, I've, I've got to do something. Everybody's looking at me. No, they're not. <laughs> but, but, but we worry about our peer appearance. <laughs> I, I, I heard about one guy that put braces on his false teeth because he thought it made him look younger. <laughs> we worry about appearance. Number two, we worry about our jobs. Worry about our jobs. One father would work all day and then bring home his work. And finally, his son said, Daddy, why do you have to bring home your work? He was just a little boy. He said, why do you have to bring home your work? He said, son, I can't get it all done at work. He said, well, Daddy, have them put you in a slower group. Amen. <laughs> we worry about money. Am I going to have enough money to retire? Is my 401k, is, it, is everything going to last? We worry about our health in this culture. Should I get vaccinated? Should I not get vaccinated? If I get vaccinated, is a horn going to grow out of the top of my head? <laughs> we, we worry about our health. We worry about relationships. I, I read this week a 94-year-old man and a 92-year-old woman been married 73 years, divorced. <laughs> they asked him about it. They said, you're 94, she's 92, you divorced. He said, we've always had a rocky relationship. We just decided we wouldn't divorce until all the children had died. <laughs> we worry about a poor dot. We worry about media overload. How can I keep up with social media? We worry about lack of sleep. We worry about getting out of the parking lot at Rock Springs Church. <laughs> now look, folks. There was a man in the Bible. His name was the Apostle Paul. And he tells us how not to worry. He gives us the steps. By the way, he's in prison. He's in a Roman prison, but from a Roman prison. So, so you say, my situation's not good. It's probably better than his was. He's in a Roman prison, knowing if, in a few days, he's going to go to Nero's chop block and his head cut off. So it wasn't ideal. And he gives us some steps for dealing with the feeling of worrying. He said there's five things that you, you've got to do. Somebody said, I'm just a worry wart. That's not anything to brag about. He said, there's five things that you've got to do if you're going to overcome worry. 
Number one, this is deep. Hold on. You've got to decide not to worry. You know, when Paul said that, look, look here, folks. When he said, don't you worry about anything? Did you ever think about where did he get that concept? From Jesus. Because in Matthew 6, verse 25, Jesus said, take no thought or don't you worry. Don't you worry. Now, you said it to us there, Jesus, but look, folks, in verse 31, take no thought. Well, you said it to us, Jesus. You told us not to worry in verse 25. You're telling us again not to worry in verse 31. But look, he said, I want to make sure you get it. Take no thought. Three times, Jesus said, don't you worry. Don't you worry. Now, by the way, this is all I'm going to say and I'm going to move. Jesus wouldn't tell us to do something that we couldn't do. He never would command us to do something that we couldn't do. So he said, don't you worry. Because he said, listen, worry is inconsistent. He said in verse 25, I'm not going to give you life and not take care of you. But he said, worry's not only inconsistent, worry's irrational. Look what he said in verse 26. He basically said, the farmer's not going to feed his chickens and let his children starve to death. He said, worry's ineffective. He said in verse 27, you can worry all you want to, but you can't add a cubit to your height. You can worry all you want to, but you can't add a moment to your life. Worry's like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't take you anywhere. Corey Ten Boom said it best. Worry won't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It will empty today of its strength. One little boy was in school. His name was Johnny. And the teacher said, Johnny, how much is three-fourths of five-sixteenths? Five-sixteenths. He said, I don't know, but I don't think it's enough to worry about. <laughs> I'll tell you something else, ladies and gentlemen. Worry is irreligious. Worry is irreligious. Look what Jesus said in verse 31 and verse 32. Therefore, take no thought what you eat or what you're going to drink or where thou shall you be clothed. For after these things the Gentiles seek. But your heavenly Father know that you have need of all these things. Get this, folks. He said, when you're controlled by worry, you're acting like unchristian people. When you're controlled by worry, you're like acting like lost people. When you're controlled by worry, you're acting like pagans. This is all I'm, I want to say, folks. I'm not diminish, diminishing anything. But with, with this pandemic that I believe we're on the other side of, I believe it's behind us. But folks, it's an opportunity during the middle of it to exemplify faith. It's an opportunity to exemplify faith. 
That's why when it happened, I said, Barbara, I'm not going to the basement and have you to put food underneath the door. Because I wouldn't want to follow that man either. Because this is a time that we can say, God's going to see us through and we're going to make it and God's big enough. You just got to decide, I'm not going to worry. Let me tell you something else you got to do. You got to decide to pray. Look what he said. Don't you worry about anything, but look. But pray about everything. (laughs) Because you can't worry about it and pray about it at the same time. So God said, "You you you just pray about it. Somebody sent me this. They sent it to my phone. And I don't know who said it. I don't know who said this quote. Since I don't know, just say Benny Tate said it. (laughs) This is what came to my phone. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about the things you cannot change. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about the things he can change. Barbara and I have a pastor and his wife. They're dear friends of ours. And they raised their son up properly. But by the way, folks, sometimes you raise them correctly and they don't turn out just exactly right. I mean, listen, you can have a home like heaven and raise the child from hell. And these wonderful parents, but the, the decisions that this, this young man has made are terrible decisions. His, his life is just, just terrible. And that pastor's wife said to me, each morning, I get up and I pray for him. But Pastor Benny, he's not going to destroy my day. He's not going to control my day. He's not going to control my life. I don't go all through the day consumed about him. I pray about him in the morning. I give it to God. I go on. I enjoy my day. Let me tell you something. I am a parent. And that's wonderful, wonderful advice. Just decide to pray. Charles Mayo, he would know a little bit about medicine. Started the Mayo Clinic. He said, I've never known a person to work themselves to death, but I have known people to worry themselves to death. So, so pastor, how do we deal with this worry? We decide not to worry. We decide to pray. And number three, we decide to have an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. Look what the Bible says in verse six. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Do you realize the Bible says in Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling and complaining. Do all things. And I did some research on the word all, and it means all. (laughs) Do all things without grumbling and complaining. And then verse 15 tells us, if we do that, 
we'll shine out like lights in this world. We'll shine out like lights in this world. Mark Twain said this, folks. Comparison is the killer of joy. Comparison is the killer of joy. Years ago, I went to South Lake Mall. Back when you used to could go. And I walked into South Lake Mall. And there was a lady over here to my right. And I said, hi. And she said, hi. And I said, how are you doing? And she kicked her shoulders back. And she said, honey, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I thought, what an attitude. An attitude of gratitude. Living our lives with an attitude of gratitude. You, you, you want to you wanna deal with worry? Start looking at things that you can be grateful for. There's always things to be grateful for. A, a little boy was, he, he was developmentally challenged in his thinking. And he tried out for the Christmas play at school. And he came home and his mom said, Billy, how did it go? And he said, oh, mom, it went great. Which part did you get, Billy? He said, oh, mom, this year I get to clap and cheer. <laughs> this year I get to clap and cheer. What an attitude, ladies and gentlemen. Decide to have an attitude of gratitude. Look around for the things that God's done for you. Look how he's blessed you, how he's given you health, how good he's been to you. Remember years ago, I was on the examining committee in our denomination. I was one of the members and we were examining men to determine whether or not to give them license to preach and ordination to preach. And a man walked in and he sat down. His name was Jeff Daniels. I'll never forget it. He said, Pastor Benny, please don't turn me down. Please don't turn me down. I said, well, Jeff, I, I know of no reason why we wouldn't give you credentials to proclaim the gospel. He said, well, Pastor Benny, uh, as you can see, I don't have any arms. And he said, I know in the ministry Sometimes we've got to baptize. And I just can't do that. Please don't turn me down. We gave him credentials. And I walked out of the room and I said, I am blessed. I am blessed. And you're blessed too, ladies and gentlemen. We just need to decide to have an attitude of gratitude. Let me tell you the fourth thing. You decide to think about good things. <laughs> you decide to think about good things. That's what Paul said in Philippians 4 and 8. He said, those good things, that's what I want you to think about. Now get this, folks. If you're going to think right, you've got to monitor what you take in. If you're going to think right, you've got to monitor what you take in. Somebody said, well, Pastor, I... I I watch the news all day long. 
Well, let me make this statement. First of all, you're not getting any news. Hey, I'll just offend everybody while I'm on the road. You say, well, well, well I'm, a, I'm a CNN fan. You're just getting their spin on the story. Well, I keep Fox on around the clock. You're just getting their spin on the story, by the way. You're not getting the story either way. But all you're doing is constantly pulling yourself down. You're getting all that, it's G-I-G-O, it's garbage in, garbage out. Man, I watch a little bit of that and I just want to go get in a bunker, amen? The world's coming to an end this afternoon. Hey, hey, this is all I want to say. The answer for our problems is not in a politician in the White House. The answer for our problems is Jesus Christ. A mom said she was driving and with her three young children one summer evening when a woman in a convertible ahead of us stood up and she waved. She was stark naked. As I was reeling from shock, I heard my five-year-old shout from the back seat, Mama, that lady isn't wearing a seatbelt. It's what you look for. It's what you look for. If you look for good, you'll get good. If you look for bad, hey, hey, my sermon, some are gonna leave, oh, that was so good, and some are gonna leave, it. oh, that's so bad. But it's what you look for. And Acts 26 and two says, I think myself happy. I think myself happy. I think myself happy. You say, oh, Pastor Benny, I just, I just can't have peace. Oh, yes, you can. You can have peace. You can have peace because Isaiah 26 and 3 says this, I'll keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me. You can have peace. Let me give you the fifth step. You got to decide to be content with anything. Paul said, look, folks, he's in a prison, but he said in verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith be content. Get this. Get this. It's so important. Contentment is enjoying what I have right now and not waiting for something to happen in order to make me happy. A lot of people live a life, oh, when and then. Oh, when and then. Contentment is enjoying what I have right now. It's enjoying what I have right now and not waiting for something to happen in order to make me happy. Who's more content? A man with seven children or a man with seven million dollars? 
a man with seven children because he don't want any more. Now wait. Look here. You say, Pastor, you told me to decide not to worry. You told me to pray. You told me to have an attitude of gratitude. You told me to think about good things. You told me to be content with anything. But you didn't tell me how I can do it. Oh, I will. How can I do it? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens me. We do it through the Lord. We do it through the Lord. Let me, let me tell you this story and I'm done. I've got a dear friend. And he almost died. Now listen. This man lives in Florida. He's a millionaire many, many times over. But he almost died. And he got on the other side of it and I called him. His name is Gary. And I said, Gary, I just want you to know I prayed for you. Major businessman. I've been praying for you, Gary. How are you doing, Gary? He said, Benny, I'm just watching the birds. I thought, what? He said, I spent most of my time just watching the birds. I used to be so busy. But he said, I spent all my time watching the birds. And then I realized, behold the fowls of the air, the birds of the air, they don't sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, but your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are we not much better than the birds? Get this, get this. Birds weren't created in God's image. But you and I were. Notice what he said, your heavenly father. He didn't say he was the bird's heavenly father. But he's our heavenly father. Jesus didn't die on a cross for birds. But he did die on a cross for us. Birds don't have God's spirit inside them. But we have God's spirit inside us. Friend, if God's going to take care of the birds, God's don't going to take care of us. <laughs> if God's going to take care of the birds, he's going to take care of you. I don't know what I feel like doing, but I'm just so happy. <laughs> Listen, if, if God's going to take care of the birds, he's going to take care of you. <laughs> and he's going to see you through. 
and we're going to make it. You know the main thing we need to do, folks? I've got a girl. I've got a girl. Let me brag on her just a minute. She, boy, I hate to say it. She graduated the University of Georgia. She got her bachelor's there. She, she graduated Vanderbilt University. She got her master's there. In about a year or so, year and a half, she'll graduate the University of Florida with her doctorate. She'll be Dr. Savannah Tate. Wait. That kid's gone to school over life. (laughs) But never one time has she worried about resources. Sir, has she got money? No, no. But she's got a phone. (laughs) And she's got daddy's number in more ways than one. Folks, we got a heavenly father. (laughs) We got a heavenly father. And he's going to take care of us. So today, I would just challenge you to make sure you know God. Make sure your heart's right with him. That's really what matters, folks. Just make sure you know him. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.